Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Here's Pastor Ryan. My goodness, I owe him to serve him. I owe him for what he's done. We respond, we respond with thanksgiving and praise for what he's done. And we say to him, Lord, what would you have me to do? I owe you. Think about that thought. And then in verse 11, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers. And so we see here that Jesus entered Samaria, a village in Samaria. Now, you must understand that to the religious Jew, Samaritans were considered less than them. They were prejudiced against the Samaritans. They thought them, they considered them to be half-breeds. And they looked down at the Samaritans. In fact, rabbis would not travel through Samaria. They would avoid them. They were prejudiced against them. They looked down at them. They stumped their noses at them. And so if you were in Galilee and you were going south to Jerusalem, you would go around Samaria. You wouldn't go through there. The Samaritans were looked down upon by Jerusalem, were looked down upon by the religious leaders. And yet, not to our Lord. That's exactly where he goes to. The Samaritans were considered half-breeds because in our Old Testament, what we read in, in, uh, in First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles that after Solomon's reign, he, he sinned against the Lord uh, in idolatry. He, he began to worship pagan idols because he had all these wives and the Lord forbid him to have all those wives because they're going to turn your heart against me and his heart turned against the Lord. So for punishment, God took Israel and he split the country in two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom of Judah. Samaria is in the north. And what happened was the northern kingdom of Israel, you read about it, man, they were pagan. They followed the ways of the world. They worshiped all of these false gods. And so the Lord, to judge them, allowed the Assyrian army to come in and to take them as captives back to Assyria. And there was no more northern kingdom. But by God's grace, they, they filtered back into the land years later. And the Jews in the south said, well, these Jews in the north are now half-breeds because they intermarried with the Assyrians during their captivity there. I mean, if they're half-breeds, what does that make me? I'm half Mexican, I'm a quarter Hawaiian, and a quarter Arabic. I'm like a three-quarter breed or what? what are you? I'm none of it. I'm a Christian. That's what I am. I'm a Christian. My citizenship is in heaven. Though I'm proud of whatever God has made us, right? We love our cultures. 
But I love that about our Lord. He goes to the outcasts of Israel. He goes to find the outcasts of this world. He went to your town and found you, didn't he? I didn't think Jesus walked through El Monte, but apparently he, he goes there too. I said, oh, God's only for pretty world people. He only saves people from like Irvine. <laughs> but he goes through El Monte. He goes through the barrio. He goes through the hood. He goes everywhere. He goes to, to the palaces, to the hood. He goes everywhere. And that's his heart here. He went to Jerusalem. As he went to Jerusalem, he passed through the mists of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten lepers, or ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. Leprosy, as you know, is a flesh-eating disease. It's a flesh-eating disease that destroys a person's nerve ending so that they can no longer feel. It, is, it was incurable and highly contagious. To be diagnosed with leprosy was considered a death sentence at this time. When a person developed a skin sore or a boil, they were brought to a priest for examination. And if it was declared to be leprous, that person was to be isolated from society lest they infect others. They went to a priest and a priest would declare whether, they, whether it was leprosy or not. Like a doctor, he would declare that. And that declaration went around to everybody so that others would be safe. In Leviticus chapter 13, we read about it, verses 2 through 3. When a man has on the skin of his body a swelling, a scab, or a bright spot, and it becomes on the skin of his body like a leprous sore, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons, the priest. The priest shall examine the sore on the skin of the body. And if the hair on the sore has turned white and the sore appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous sore. Then the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. The law of God had a statute that said if a person was leprous, they were unclean. The law condemned. But the law condemns all of us. Leprosy is a picture of sin. It starts off small. It starts as a, as a thought. The thought's not dealt with. If you don't take thoughts captive, those sinful thoughts become actions. And what begins small begins to grow more and more and more. And if it's not repented of, pretty soon your heart can become hardened, can become seared where it doesn't bother you anymore to do sin. Like leprosy, as the, as the skin disease would grow and, and, and their nervous system was attacked, they could not feel. And, and thus, they would hurt themselves accidentally. They would have infections. They would become grotesque. And that is what sin does to the soul. The same thing. The law... Uh, condemns us. 
No one can keep the law. No one has kept the Ten Commandments. But the gospel saves. Jesus Christ came and he fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. He never sinned. And thus he takes away our sins on the cross. He takes away the wrath of God. He takes away our punishment. He fulfills it. And then he gives us strength to live holy lives before him. All of us were afar off. All of us were leprous. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it says, Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. These guys, were told, were afar off. They had to declare to everyone that they were unclean. They had to yell out, we are unclean, unclean, to, get, to keep those who, didn't, who were clean to not get infected. People were mean, of course, and at times people would throw rocks at them to make them to keep their distance. And yet this is what Jesus is doing uh, here in caring for them. In Leviticus 13, 45, 46, the priest, it would be declared, it, it says here, now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean all the days, all the days he has the sore. He shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And that's where we all were before we came to Christ, outside the camp. We were separated from God. When I was in the world, nine years in a gang, living an immoral, violent life, I did not know the love of God. I did not know how real he was, that he's on the throne. I did not know his love for sinners. I did not know that God had the capacity to change my heart. I had no idea that he can save me from my sins and give me a new heart. As leprosy is incurable, so is sin. It's incurable. It can only be cured by Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by him. He says that if we follow him, that he will give us a new life and life that much more abundant. That he would give us a heart of flesh, completely change us. I was on the outside and so, so were you. But the blood of Christ brings us near gives us access to God, and he gives us new hearts, new lives to be different. What sin is keeping you from God? What sin do you think is worth your soul? I told Jesus Christ in 1999, if you can give me a different heart, all I want to do is sin. And when I'm done with sin, all I want to do is sin more. If you can change that, 
I'm yours. And he convinced my heart, I will change you. And that's what he did to you and to me. He changed us. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so they all lifted up their voices in unison. It's one thing for one person to cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. But all of them in one accord, all of them, they were so desperate, guys, that I believe they were saying the same thing, all of them. It wasn't like one saying a different saying it the same thing a different way. I think all of them said the same thing in unison so that he can hear them. They were so desperate, right? They said, they lifted up their voices and they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And for them to refer to Jesus as Master is so amazing. I mean, that word says, you are king. Well, you say goals. I, I, we're coming to you in desperation, but we know what's going on. Your Master. And there are many people who, who, who want Jesus Savior, but they don't want Jesus Master. That term needs to be more than just a title. It needs to be our reality. What Jesus says goes. And they cried out. And we're told in Romans chapter 10, verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you and I sincerely call out to the Lord, he, he will save us, which he has. And that's the message that we preach to people. If you sincerely cry out to God, if you're done with your sins, if you cry out to him like these lepers, he will save you. And like that one leper that he saved in the other gospels, you know, if you're willing, Jesus, you can heal me. And he said, I am willing. And he touched him. He touched him. Nobody has touched that man in years. And Jesus touched him. And no one probably loved you until Jesus did. I hadn't been loved like that in a long time when I met Jesus. He touched me. In all my sin, he touched me. It, it means a lot. Doesn't it mean a lot that you would have mercy on me, that you would call me your own? All the dirt you know I did, all the evil you know I've done. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. He told them to go show themselves to the priests before they were even healed, guys. Hey, but think about this. Before they were healed, he said, go show yourself to the priests. In Leviticus 13, it talks about the priests examining the leprous man. In Leviticus 14, if there happens to be a miracle, it says what to do if someone by miraculous means gets healed. What are they supposed, they were supposed to go to the priest and he was to examine them again to check them out. In Leviticus 14, it says that, that or or in that 
you read that priests would examine them in order to really, so that they can receive a certification that they've been clean. Okay, so if, if a person was cleansed, they needed the green, they needed the examination and the certification of a priest in order for them to join their old lives and go back into society. They cannot go back to their old lives. They cannot join society without the priest examining that the leprosy is gone. You copy? And so the Lord says to them, before they're healed, go. And they obey him. It's a step of faith, right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When we came to Jesus Christ, we believed that he would change our hearts. And we believed that he would give us the ability not to practice sin anymore. And we, by faith, we believed him. And then guess what? We, we stopped doing the things we used to do. We started honoring him. You know why people don't come to Christ? Because their deeds are evil and they don't want them exposed. But when you tap out and put your faith in Christ, you're done with, with practicing sin anymore. And it's a step of faith. By faith you are saved. But that faith should be backed up with works. These guys are walking by faith. This is faith in action. Just like Father Abraham, the father of faith. In Romans chapter 4, verse 18 through 22, it says, Abraham, who was an old man, God promised him that he would have children who contrary to hope, in hope, believed, so that he became the father of many nations. Contrary to hope, Abraham believed. What does that mean? That Abraham knew he was a hundred years old. He knew he was beyond the time of having children. But contrary to what he knew, contrary to general wisdom, he believed God can do it. Contrary to hope. And Sarah was an old lady, way past beyond having babies. But guess what? They believed they would. Because God, contrary to hope, Contrary to hope, I was a kid from Almani, and I believed that I can be different because of Jesus. I can be different because of Jesus. Contrary to hope. You know, there's a saying, he comes from a good family. She comes from a good family. What if they don't? What if they didn't have a father or mother who loved them? What if they come from an abusive home? What, they're not good? In Christ, he chooses the foolish, the weak, the despised. He's the God of the fatherless and the widow. <sighs> Contrary to hope, and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Already, he wasn't already dead, literally. But sort of, when it comes to babies, he was already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being 
fully convinced that what he, God, had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. He believed that God was able to perform the miracle. These lepers, at this moment, when he said, go, to, go show yourself to the priest, they believed God was able to perform. And as they went, they were healed. Some of us need healing, and, and, and there's not enough obedience to be healed. Think about that. And as it was that, and so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So as they were walking, guys, one of them just checked out his, his arm. Or he just saw that he, he was cleansed. It's all gone. And he was so moved at his self-examination. Oh my gosh, I'm cleansed. Oh my gosh, I'm good. Oh my gosh, I can go back and, and reunite with society. That it drove him back to Jesus to thank him. And he fell at his feet, prostrated. And he thanked him and he gave glory to God with a loud voice. And he was a Samaritan. He was an outcast. He was looked down upon, but not to God. That's the message here, not to God. doesn't matter how bad our sins were or how long our, our, the list of sins that we've committed in our life is. It's are we willing to repent and come before Christ? He is willing to heal. And this man, in seeing that he was healed, gave him thanks. And, and, I, and I wonder how many of us are still recognizing that we've been healed so we come in here praising him and singing to him and blessing him. And no matter how we feel, I had a migraine this morning. I took a pill. You're not supposed to handle heavy equipment. This is heavy equipment. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. Doesn't matter how we feel. He's worthy of our praise. I'm coming. Rain, shine, or tonsillitis, I'm coming he's worthy of it and he was a Samaritan he fell down on his face giving him thanks in Psalm 107 it says oh give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and so Jesus answered and said were there not ten cleansed but where are the nine were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Jesus recognized, wait a minute, there was ten of you. Where are the other nine? One in ten people gave Jesus glory. One in ten people gave Jesus thanks. Man, guys. That's a stinger. One in ten. One in ten. Remember he told the disciples, when you do what was commanded of you, say that you are an unprofitable servant. It was my duty to do so. 
if we're really grateful for the leprosy that God took away from us of sin, shouldn't we be like the one who came back and gave him thanks? Shouldn't we be like the one, the ones who serve him, the ones who love him, the ones who praise him? The other nine, all they can think about was joining society. All they can think about was joining the old life. This man came back to Christ and in Christ, God would end up blessing this man, no doubt with the desires of his heart. He would get this. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't